Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey there, Colin. What is going on? Not much. I have got a question for you apropos of nothing. Yep. Do you like to gamble? Do I like to gamble? Um, well, of course I like to gamble. I'm a red-blooded American man. Yeah, me too. Gambling's the best. Sure is. But, you know, if you're like me, Colin, sometimes you just don't know who to bet with or where to bet. It's hard to trust people, friend. It's a very skeptical world we're living in. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to tell you something right out, right from the heart, certainly not reading it at all. It's something I mean. Sure. MyBookie.com. It's the answer you've been looking for. Remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. That's why I always tell people, since this very moment, to bet with MyBookie. Trust me, they are the best bet this season. They've been in business for years, have great reviews online, and their mobile site is easy to use. And they're our new sponsor. Yeah, what makes them arguably the greatest business on earth. That's right. I recommend this service to our listeners, and it's, I'm urging you to go to mybookie.com. You win, they pay. So, Colin, your Missouri Tigers are 1-0. and They sure are. Coming home to play Wyoming. What do you know about this Wyoming yep. football team? Not much. I'm, I was hoping that uh, our guest today could tell me what the poop is. I think they will. I don't know it. They're going to, I suppose. We've got a couple of guests today. We've got Kevin McKinney. He is the longtime color man for Wyoming football. They have that, apparently. Sure. That'll be very helpful to learn a little bit about this team because I don't think, much like UT Martin, I think we could easily overlook them, you know, and they always tell you to take it one game at a time. And I say no. I say look past UT Martin. And we did. But, well, uh, and, um, the only thing I've heard is that despite the fact that they lost this Josh Allen character, who was a good quarterback, that this might be a better team. Now that could be absolute, you know, bullshit, uh, coach speak, but, uh, well, you know, it's, it's worth taking seriously if you're a Mizzou football player. I don't know that they are going to be better based on, purely on the fact that they got their tub stumped by Washington State last weekend. But certainly yeah, they're yeah, going to have sure. more athleticism and talent than UT Martin would. And uh, if it's close, you, they can go deeper. I'll tell you who disagrees with you, and that's the uh, Saturdays down south. Yeah, Saturday down south, they, uh, they predicted a stunning upset. Wyoming beating yeah. not just the spread, but Mizzou. Yep. Good for them. I hope that pays off for them, fuckers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> well, most tragic, We'll see how it turns out. Yeah, I, uh, but uh, I think that I was just an angry it, Tennessee it, fan. I feel like they do at this point just for trolling. I feel like they just want hits and and uh, and likes, and they're just trying to grace their profile. And Mizzou has, since joining the SEC, has proven that we're willing to give them that. Yeah, you know, it's a slow news day. Just go after Mizzou, and the Mizzou faithful will uh, go down that disrespected road with them. And sure. give them some interaction and give them some play. I think because uh, honestly, at this point, you're like we're this far into it, and they're still predicting us to get upset by Wyoming at home. That's goddamn. I feel like that's just trolling. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think they feel like they have to pick an upset every week, you know, to show that they're experts, and uh, sure. they're not going to pick Alabama. They're not going to pick Georgia, no. and they can't pick South Carolina. They're the newly anointed Tennessee of the SEC, kings without yeah. doing anything. Yeah. So uh, Missouri's ripe for the picking. Fuck them. So. And Vanderbilt just doesn't make waves. Right. Yeah, but they don't have fans, you know, so nobody's going to tune in and get mad at them. Yeah, like nobody from Vanderbilt's going to go, fuck you guys, we've won the SEC East twice since we joined, you know, a winning program. Or Vanderbilt is none of those things, so mm-hmm. they really don't care if we 
predictable Colin, one of the things I'm going to ask our guests, and I will ask you as well, is uh, there's a tropical storm, Gordon, coming up from the Gulf and is uh, expected to possibly dump, I don't know, 10 to 20 to 30 inches of rain on Furrow Field on Saturday. Really? Well, it could happen. I mean, we make a lot of predictions. Weather is not our specialty. But it is predicted that there will be rain. Do you in Torrential any way, rain, yeah, do you see any impact on the outcome based on weather? Honestly, I think that would probably work in the Mizzou's favor. Because I think what Mizzou's going to have is superior athletes. And you start talking about everybody having to run the ball mm-hmm. and a torrential downpour, you know, who's, who's, whose line are you going to pick? The, the enormous biggest line in the SEC against Wyoming? Or are you going to pick Wyoming's defensive line? You know what I mean? Like, I just feel like if you, you boil this game into a, everybody's going to have to run the ball because it's raining. It's just going to be an in-the-trenches battle. Yeah. Like, I'll take the bigger, stronger, more athletic team every day of the week. I mean, if Wyoming's going to win this game, Mizzou has to overlook them and make a lot of mistakes. And, and uh, I don't know. I just feel like a game plan that is just running up the gut uh, probably plays into uh, Mizzou's hands if it happens that way. Well, I think another factor about that is you don't get a lot of torrential downpours in Wyoming. They're not no, used to it. No, we don't get that many of them in, in, in uh, Missouri. True enough. But uh, I also think that they probably don't know a ton about Missouri, and they see all they hear about is Drew Lock, Drew Lock, Drew Lock. They don't realize we have a couple of freight trains at running back, and so they not may not be prepared for uh, the Roundtree Crockett. By the way, Crockett and Roundtree, doesn't that sound like a 70s cop movie? Yeah, it does. Yeah. Rocket Roundtree? Yeah, I'd watch it. Damn it, Roundtree. You're playing by your own rules. We can't have it. <laughs> Commissioner's up my ass. <laughs> that like that? That's it, yeah. I want your badge and your gun, Roundtree. <laughs> sure, you yeah, caught him, but uh, you blew up half the neighborhood. Crockett yeah, and Roundtree, so, I'm sick of your shit. We got two uh, pretty big, massive, beastly running backs, a giant offensive line. And uh, truthfully, I mean, if Wyoming just can't do anything but try to run it because of the rain, then, you know, you got Terry Beck. They got to go. Bloodheads with Terry Becker Jr. in the middle of that defensive line. So, yeah. man, I'll take it. Good I'll luck take, with I'll that. I'll take a torrential downpour. Yeah, good luck with Terry Beckner Jr., assholes. Mazel tov. Enjoy that. Have a good time with that. Well, Colin, we don't just have Kevin McKinney. We also have Howard Richards on the line, our color analyst Old for Howard. the Tigers. Yep. He's going to tell us what he thinks about Mizzou's offense after seeing one game against UT Martin and if we can learn anything from it and what he expects from the Wyoming game. So it's a pretty full show, and that's not even including Caleb the Greek. His picks of the week for uh, mybookie.com, I could say probably one of our most popular segments because of the tremendous piles of money that Caleb makes people each and every week. Well, you know, Caleb went 4-1 and one last week. If enough people took his picks, we could really be hurting my bookie more than we're helping them with our sponsorship because of all the money they're having yep. to spill out to yep. uh, Caleb's yep. loyal following. Take it to the man, guys. That's right. Gamble. There's more picks coming, so why don't we get to it, Colin? M-I-Z. P-O-U. And a throw. Slam. This bugs for you, Mizzou. Johnson, and he's gone. Touchdown, Missouri. You don't get no better than that, man. Lock deep near side. Jamon Moore. It's a foot race. 82 yards. Touchdown, Missouri. Boy, look at Crockett run. It's his fourth touchdown run of the day. This is the Mazzotcast. Joining us now is longtime color man for Wyoming Football Radio and member of Wyoming's Athletic Hall of Fame, Kevin McKinney is on the line. 
Kevin, thanks for joining us. More than happy to do so, Brendan. This is an interesting matchup we've got this week. Wyoming and Missouri have not faced each other. Uh, we saw a little of Wyoming struggle against Washington State. Missouri played UT Martin, and we really didn't get to see much of what Missouri might be or might not be capable of. What do you think the Wyoming folks are expecting going into this matchup in Columbia? Well, I think, Brendan, when you start with Drew Locke, expectations are that the Missouri team will be probably a better team than Washington State was, and Washington State was a good team. But Missouri, uh, the way it ended the year last year and was... Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. The 10 starters back on offense and and all the weapons that it has, you've got to uh, be really concerned for the Cowboys. This will be uh, a major challenge without question. Well, I saw that it looked like Wyoming's defense struggled for the big plays, long passes. That really does play into Missouri's long offense with uh, Drew Locke. How do you expect that they will try to correct what went wrong against Washington State and prepare for uh, a big arm like Drew Locke's? Well, you know, I I, I think the first off, in, in some way, you, you've got to try to make him uncomfortable and, and not let him settle back in there and, and throw wherever he wants. And that's going to be a tall order because Missouri's offensive line is, is so impressive and, and has done terrifically well protecting him. But you know, the it's really two different offenses. The the air raid offense of Leach and Washington State was much more uh, short dump off type things, and and uh, n- never allowing the Cowboy rush to get to the quarterback because he was getting rid of it so quickly. I, I think the the Missouri attack is a little more vertical. It seems to us, at least. I think the Cowboys will have to do some different things. Uh, in terms of the, the blitz and, and, and their pass rush to try to uh, get Locke off of his game. Uh, that's just not been uh, happening the way he's protected. But uh, I think the Cowboys will have a, a few different looks defensively to try to uh, uh, attack a very talented quarterback with a lot of good weapons. Talking about uh, Wyoming's offense, I think probably the folks out here know most about Wyoming is, of course, Josh Allen, and Wyoming's having to replace him this year. And uh, I know they have Nico Evans, who looked like he tweaked himself a little bit last week. Do you have any information whether the running back for the Cowboys will be available on Saturday? Well, Craig Bull said in his press conference uh, on Monday that uh, he, he felt like Nico would probably – 
be a Friday or game day decision uh, as far as whether he can play or not. So we're going to have to uh, wait and see on that, and that will be a big blow if he can't play because Nico has been playing exceptionally well in, in these first two games and, and uh, uh, is, is a really good uh, running back. So the Cowboys will miss him if he's not able to play. They've got two younger guys by the name of Valaday, who who's a redshirt freshman, uh, and and he he's played really well. Uh, um, and then a true freshman by the name of Bigelow. Those are the two guys that would probably come in for Nico. But you really want to have Nico if you can. Uh, you need all your bullets going into a place like uh, Columbia. I think what Tiger fans might be most afraid of is the turnover situation. Wyoming led the nation last year with 38 takeaways, and the Tiger offense was prone to uh, giving up the ball a little bit last season. We didn't see much of that last week, but the competition wasn't terribly fierce. Does Wyoming go in with a strategy of trying to produce takeovers? Is it part of that defensive strategy to strip the ball? It is. Very definitely. It's a part of their strategy, and they really haven't been able to do that a whole lot in the first two games. They didn't have any in the first game. So that that's very definitely a strategy. It's very definitely something they practice on during the week, and so they're looking to do it. And really, in a game like this one, they're going to have to do that, Brendan. They're going to have to, to force some turnovers, get some takeaways, if they expect to slow down this Mizzou offense. Coach Craig Bull, he's had a lot of success at Wyoming in his time there. Two straight bowl games uh, last year. Wyoming was 8-5 and five and won the Idaho Potato Bowl against Central Michigan convincingly. This appears to be a program on the up and up. Is Are expectations the same or uh, are better than last year, uh, knowing that uh, you had maybe a once-in-a-lifetime talent in Josh Allen? Yeah, you know, that's, that's a good question because I think uh, the expectations – have been uh, increased greatly by Bull being here and what he's been able to do in his five years. But I think uh, while those expectations are high, you've got to temper them a little when you when you lose a, a quarterback like Allen. Now you're playing with a redshirt uh, freshman quarterback. So, uh, you know, it's, it's um, kind of a, a little bit of a trade-off, although I think the Cowboys in most positions are probably better than they were last year. The defense is virtually all back from last year's. Offensively, offensive line and quarterback, some questions there, and and those are always big questions, especially quarterback. But I think still in all, uh, expectations are are very high. That was a big disappointment last week, believe me. I think the fan base, certainly the players and coaches, but the fan base as well, expected the Cowboys to maybe beat Washington State in Laramie. And... and, uh, uh, they looked good for three quarters and, and looked like they might be on their way to doing that. And then it was uh, just a fourth quarter collapse. And, and uh, that's not typical of Craig Bolt coach teams. They they usually finish well. They don't usually hurt themselves. The Cowboys had 109 yards worth of penalties. It was just kind of a outer body experience for the Cowboys, I think. One thing I've noticed about Coach Bull is he's not afraid to schedule. He's got, obviously, an SEC and a Pac-12 opponent this season. Last year, they played Oregon and Iowa they, early in that season. Is it tough to build a good, strong record when you're playing some of the uh, the bigger names in college football to start your season? Well, sure it is. I mean, that, that, that's a, a difficult assignment both these last two years have been. But, you know, I think he believes that, Playing programs like that early in the year 
make you more conference ready, you know, and, and uh, after all, for, from our standpoint, while it's great to play these P5 teams, uh, you want to win a conference championship, and, and that's kind of the goal. So you want to be battle-tested when you start conference play, and so that's why I, I don't think he, he minds playing the Missouris and the Washington States and the Oregons and the Iowas. I think that uh, he believes in the long run. That helps the program get stronger and, and uh, may not win them all, but it, it makes you a, a better team to play better opponents. Last question I have for you is sort of an intangible. It looks like the remnants of Tropical Storm Gordon will be uh, coming up Columbia Way by Saturday, and it could be a wet football game. Do you think with Missouri's vertical offense, as you mentioned, that that might play to an advantage for Wyoming? Well, I don't know. Sometimes it does. Sometimes it doesn't. Uh, one would suspect that, I don't know, it might even the playing field a little bit to have bad weather, but we're both playing in it. And, uh, mm-hmm. The Cowboys throw the ball after all as well. But, you know, I, I, I don't know. The, the Cowboys are not used to playing in rain. That's, that's for sure. Don't play in it very often. We're more used to snow, Brendan, than we are rain. <laughs> yeah. But I, I, I don't know. I, I think that uh, uh, a program like Missouri – uh, when you have good players like uh, the, the Tigers do, they're good in the rain or they're good in the dry. You know, it, it's some sometimes it may have a little bit of an effect, but I would say to answer your question, probably not much. All righty. Well, we welcome you to Columbia this weekend, and I hope you have a good season. Thank you so much for talking to us about this Wyoming Cowboys well, team. You're welcome, Brandon. Keep that rain away, which is let's, <laughs> let's just play in dry weather. Well, I wouldn't mind that. I'll do what I can, but you've got the press box to save you. <laughs> okay, I'm good, then. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Thanks, Kevin. <laughs> okay, Brandon, thank you. I'm roaming Wyoming Dreaming of your chestnut hair And eyes of sparkling blue So I keep roaming Wyoming Hoping that my Roman leads me home to you I left Aberdeen on a cattle drive last spring I was just another hand Riding through the old badlands There was dust and there was mud There was sweat and there was blood But after all this time You still pray upon my mind I'm roaming Wyoming Dreaming of your chestnut hair and eyes sparkling blue So I keep roaming Wyoming And as we do every week, Caleb Bungart is here to give us his weekly segment of Caleb the Greek's Pick of the Week. Caleb the Greek, Pick of the Week. Thanks for joining us, Caleb. Well, thank you, Brandon. So, uh, who have you got for us this week? Who's up first? Well, the first game, I'm going to go with uh, Central Michigan and Kansas. Oh, Kansas. Kansas. Yeah. Kansas uh, shit the bed last week. They're terrible. So, we might as well uh, bet against them again this week here. Always bet against Kansas. Uh, you got that right. I think Wes- yeah, we Wesley Snipes said Central, that. Central Michigan's a five-and-a-half-point favorite. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think they, I think they take care of this one. So you're taking Kansas to lose plus the five and a half points. Yep. Alrighty. Let's see. Uh, as always, we have a 2005 Kansas quarter. Caleb, you'll go up against. Let's see what it thinks about that game. Heads will be Kansas. Tails will be CMU. Coins turn. The coin thinks. 
CMU as well. So you're simpatico. <laughs> Should be mentioned, I guess, Caleb, you went four and one last week. The coin went one and three. Crushed it. Yeah, the coin sucks. I'm awesome. I make money. <laughs> That's right. Who have you got for us next? All right, upset, upset special on the second pick. Upset special. Uh, I'm gonna take uh, Nevada plus nine against Vandy. I think I think Nevada covers that nine points. I think it's a close game. Okay, so but you're taking Nevada and nine points for the win. Yep. All right, the coin believes Vandy. <laughs> Uh, coin, uh, again, the coin is an idiot. <laughs> well, got no game. Coin got no game. you guys disagree there. Perhaps you'll uh, think more alike on the next matchup. Who have you got for our third okay, pick? The third game, we've got Mississippi State playing Kansas State. Mississippi State, some eight and a half point favorites. I think Mississippi State wins this game going away. Oh, okay. A lot of SEC faith. Yeah, absolutely. Why not? They won every game except Tennessee last week, and they're not really SEC anyway. Tennessee is fucking garbage. <laughs> That's true. All right, the coin. Let's see. Uh, Kansas State will be heads. Mississippi State will be tails. It says also Mississippi State, so it's starting to agree with you. Well, all right, so that's three games. Have you got anything else for us? I do. I want to. I want to do the Mizzou game. I, I think I like the over in the Mizzou game. It's fifty-two. Fifty-two uh, is the I, over. I, I like it better than the eighteen and a half point spread. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because it, it may be raining, you know, something comes up. But I, I think they'll score points both teams. So I'm gonna go over on the fifty-two. <laughs> Red Rover over. You know, I bet the over on the Mizzou game at mybookie.com, who we're sponsored through, and uh, won last week. I think the over was 57, and we uh, blew through that one. So smart money's on that over again, I'd say. Yes, I, I agree with you. I took all these lines off of mybookie.com, so mm-hmm. get on there and place all your bets. MyBookie cash money. And don't forget to use that M-I-Z promo code, and you get some free money that way. We're going to have the coin pick this over under as well. The heads will be over and tails will be under. The coin thinks under. The coin's going under. Under on everything. That's right. Well, real discrepancies. You're pulled out to an early lead on the coin this year. We'll see if it can last. Keep it going, Caleb. Well, we're, we're going to try to keep it up. Make, make the kids the money so they can pay their payment. You know? That's right. Pay off that school. <laughs> All righty. Thanks for joining us, Caleb. We'll see you this weekend, at, hopefully after a big win where we score more than 52 points. Absolutely. Thank you, Brendan. All right. Once again, this has been Caleb the Greek. Pick of the week. Tonight it's mighty lonesome out here on the road. Picking this old guitar a thousand miles from home. Tonight the songs I'm singing, Lord, they nearly make me cry. Take me back to old Wyoming and my lady with the emerald eyes. Take me back to old Wyoming. I've been away too long. I want. 
Wanna hear the meadowlark singing this cowboy's favorite song? I wanna saddle up old paint and just ride him out across the hills. I belong in old Wyoming and I reckon that I always will. On the phone with us, our good friend Howard Richards is joining us to talk about what he saw in week one and what he expects to see against Wyoming in week two. Thank you for joining us, Howard. You're welcome, Brendan. Hey, always a pleasure to be with you, man. We played UT Martin and they weren't you know, the, the toughest opponent we're going to face this year. What do you think we can take away? Obviously, Derek Dooley's offense, we didn't see much of that playbook. What can you take away from a satisfactory win like that against UT Martin? The biggest thing, what I was looking for was consistency and execution. And um, that is what I saw. Missouri played uh, the type of game that I expected it should play. Um, and I think overall, Given its first outing, I think Coach Odom should be pleased with what he saw. Offensively, you know, the team executed well in pretty much all phases of the game. No sacks allowed, no turnovers, one penalty. And, uh, you know, he had success running the ball and passing the ball pretty much at will. You know, Drew Locke completed 76% of his passes. You know, that's up from about 56, 57% last year. So that's a significant increase. And, and I think if he has, if he's completing two out of three or three out of four of every pass he throws this year, then Missouri's going to have a good year offensively. Uh, I thought the defense showed a lot of improvement. Uh, I saw far fewer missed tackles in that area. I saw the uh, quarterbacks taking some chances and, and trying to be more aggressive and uh, you know, try to force some turnovers. Uh, sometimes you miss, but, you know, I, I like the aggressiveness. I mean, if you don't take chances, you're not going to get rewarded. And um, you know, hopefully that, that carries over that attitude. But I think that's that's the mindset that they want to play with all year long, you know, be to be able to, you know, be back on the plus side uh, in takeaways and force teams to cough the ball up, give it to your offense, let them control the football and score points. Yeah, we described the game in our weekend show as basically kind of a dull game and saying that as a compliment, you know, that, that it should be a dull game against a team like UT Martin if everybody takes care of business. And it seemed like they did. I guess my question is, you, you mentioned like Drew Locke's passing percentage. How inflated do you think that might be because we're playing UT Martin versus South Carolina or Florida? He's not going to throw 75 or 76% of his passes against Georgia, likely. But, uh, but he still may improve over last year. And, and how much of a, how much thumb on the scale do you have because it was UT Martin? So let's say this, the improvement, uh, it's too wet. You know, obviously the quarterback's got to deliver a ball that's catchable or you know, reasonably close, but you've also, your receivers have to do their part as well, too. You've got to catch the football. But we know in past years, the recent past, we have had some problems with drop passes. So I, I can only recall maybe one or two drop passes on Saturday. The big improvement. So, you know, it's, so two ways, you know, quarterbacks delivering a catch for wall and the receivers are doing their part by squeezing them. That always helps your quarterbacks percentage. Um, so even though that number can be a little bit deceiving, what it does tell you is that, you know, there is a connection uh, between unit two units that are communicating well and working well together. Going forward, is it possible? I don't necessarily think it's likely, but it is possible. With receivers, it's about getting open uh, from your offensive line. It's about being able to protect the quarterback, giving him time 
you know, picking up blitzes, being able to allow him to get that football off. So he's got to protect quarterback. Quarterback's got to find the open receivers. He's got to deliver ball. The receivers got to catch him. It sounds fundamental, but really that's what football is about. I mean, it's, it's those basics that can breed success. If you deliver those things consistently, that's how you win at, at, uh, at a high level. But you've got to execute that every week and every, every week that you step on the football field, uh, from an offensive standpoint. And defensively, your pass defense really depends on, you know, how well your, your secondary plays, but also what kind of pass rusher you're getting up front. So you've got to depend on the big guys up front to get pressure. They've got to make that quarterback feel uneasy back there. Force him to make mistakes. Force him to fall down and take a sack instead of throwing the football away. Being disruptive, but also being aggressive uh, and doing that consistently, you know, whether it's blitzes, uh, whether it's stunts up front. But those are all the games that, you know, you work on throughout the week to uh, week in and week out to make you a better football team. That pass rush you mentioned, uh, if there was anything that anyone had any complaints about, there was a little bit of chatter about the fact that it didn't look like we were really going after the quarterback last week. And now maybe that's by design. I'm not sure. But uh, is there any concern from the coaching staff that uh, the, the end position is not uh, getting at the quarterback fast enough? I don't think any alarms have been sounded yet. Um, I think you've got to realize that, uh, you know, there's still a lot of youth there. And sometimes sacks are, aren't always, they don't always tell the picture. I think it's going to end up with there are two sacks, I think maybe both by linebackers, if I'm not mistaken. But, you know, they did, were able to pressure um, the quarterback on Saturday, forcing him out of the pocket. They had him on the run a little bit. Uh, he had to step up into the pocket. He did a good job of eluding a lot of the, the pass rushers. He didn't just sit back there and allow himself to get sacked. So give a little bit of credit to UT Martin in that area. But, you know, pressures to me can also count just as good as sacks. Because if you pressure a quarterback, again, you're going to make him uneasy, and then he'll have the propensity to throw or, you know, make some air throws. Uh, you know, that, that allows you to defend passes or you can pick them off. So uh, those are the types of things. Again, being disruptive. This is not just straight sacks uh, that tell the story. Being disruptive and forcing the offense and the quarterback to make mistakes. Uh, boy, if you see that, man, you will see – uh, a defense to me that has, that will have grown leaps and bounds from especially the first half of, of last season and, uh, and, and picked it up in the second half of last season. You know, the same thing on the offensive side of the football. You know, there's always a risk for young players because they just haven't had the experience at that level. But from what we saw on Saturday, you know, the, the capability is there. Uh, they're, they're very athletic. Now the learning curve is going to be the, the toughest thing for them to do that. So. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how they are, the, the younger players are incorporated into the offense. Should be a uh, an uptick in talent, uh, athleticism from this Wyoming squad from what we saw against UT Martin. Do you expect we will see a little bit more of uh, a few more pages of the Derek Dooley playbook when we kick off on Saturday? I think that all is dictated by, you know, the course of the game. What happens, you know, are you moving the football? You know, I think you, you always, in, in the earlier non-conference games, you may want to be a little bit basic initially, but uh, at some point, you, if you don't use the tools that are in your toolbox, then why even happen? So I would imagine that you'll probably see a few things that are a little bit different that people haven't seen. 
Um, but, but again, I don't expect, you know, uh, Daredevil's offense to be on full display on Saturday, unless, of course, you know, the game is not closer and they've got to, you know, reach deep from within to, to do some things that will confuse Wyoming on deep. Should it rain on Saturday, there's predictions that uh, Tropical Storm Gordon will be dumping some rain on a Saturday. Do you think we'll see more of Crockett and Roundtree and that running game than we saw against UT Martin? You know, throwing a football is always a little more difficult, a little more challenging when you've got a wet football. And playing on, of course, an artificial field, you know, it, it can become very slippery. We haven't seen a lot of rain on on uh, a field, so not sure what to expect given, you know, how much rain uh, or how much potential rain you can get. But typically when um, – You've got a wet football, and uh, running the ball always makes a lot of sense. You want to put the ball in the air as little as possible. Uh, again, that is dictated by what uh, you know what the score is and what you know what point of the football game you happen to be in. Uh, but I would imagine if, if Missouri has the football game under control, uh, then you will probably see a lot more running the football than you normally would. That said, uh, I don't think Derek Dooley will be afraid to. You know, put the ball in the air when he has to. Uh, if you've got to get some long yardage on third down, uh, you know, the easiest way to do it is put it in the air. You've got a talented crew of, of receivers in, in your tight ends that can get open. Uh, they have the ability to learn how to separate or to be able to separate from defenders. And again, that, that's skill and that's practice and repetition. So regardless of the game conditions, you know, both teams have to play in the same type of game conditions. You still want to be able to use all the tools that you've learned uh, to your advantage. So the, I guess the more important question is, is your box open air or do you have windows that you can shut so that you don't get rained on? <laughs> we do have windows. Yeah. <laughs> Fortunately, the way Faroe Field is situated, even when we've had some rain, um, it is, is not been a factor because the rain hasn't really been, you know, blowing into directly into our booth. Uh, who knows? I mean, if you, if you, anyone observed the Tennessee Martin game, you could see the flags were really whipping. They're blowing almost constantly from, um, south to north. You know, I don't, I don't know if, if you have swirling wind, if that is still the, uh, going to be the issue or if, if because of the, the type of storm that potentially could, uh, could happen, if that will be a factor. But, just to say, you know, we can always close the glass if we need to and stay dry. Uh, my buddy Chris Trevino on the sidelines, though, will not be so lucky. So we, I'm sure we will have a lot of one-liners. <laughs> yeah. Should the clouds open up on Saturday night. <laughs> well, you, we won't worry about Chris, but you stay dry, Howard, and uh, bring us home a win on Saturday, would you? I will do my best, Brendan. Hey, thanks. Uh, pleasure. Always a pleasure to be That's why we drink it here And when we're gone from here All our friends will be drinking all our beer La, 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 la All right, Colin, I asked you last week. I'm going to ask you again. Do you feel any smarter? I always feel smarter after listening to smart people talk. And you do it so rarely. Well, I mean... I do it once a week on this program. Yeah. You certainly don't do it during the weekend show where you're only talking to me and Caleb. Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously. Uh, I have a question. You two are really dumb, dumb people. That's true. I have a question for you. We had a few uh, voicemails last week after our 
season opener. Do you think a big win over Wyoming will produce any voicemails? Uh, I don't know. Maybe. I mean, uh, it depends. I think a lot of it will depend. I think the, if there's one uh, sort of thorn in everybody's side right now is uh, who's going to be our pass rush. And if that doesn't change at all, I guess Wyoming, I could see that becoming a familiar refrain for uh, uh, fan frustration is that, man, we ain't got a pass rush. we got to have a pass rush. We're going to compete in the SEC. And uh, I don't know that I disagree with them, but I, I think that's going to be the – unless, unless Mizzou has, you know, several sacks against Wyoming, I think that's the, the refrain we're going to start hearing. Well, I, uh, I know we'll get voicemails should Missouri lose. Well, oh, the show may just I'm be – Yeah, we, it may just be angry voicemails the entire show. That That's how that's I mean, worked in the past. the only upside to Mizzou is – it's the only upside. It's the voicemails are terrific. Oh, it nearly broke the system after Middle Tennessee State. Well, I'm looking forward to it. I don't want to get wet on Saturday, but I do want to see some football. Game kicks off at 6 o'clock, and, of course, we'll bring you the Mazadcast. Uh, we'll record that night after the show, and you should have it by Sunday morning. So feel free to skip church, drink beer, and listen to some Mazadcast. That sounds like an excellent plan. Mm-hmm. It's my plan. All right, Colin, I guess I'll see you this weekend. All right. M-I-Z. B-O-U. Damn it, Roundtree. You're playing by your own rules. We can't have it. <laughs> Commissioner's up my ass.